0: Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, President of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious weekend. Hope you're doing well. Maybe getting a little bit ready for Thanksgiving, right? Peeking at those Black Friday sales, and you know, figuring out uh, where you're going to land, and you know, maybe what football game you're going to watch, or whatever traditions you you're involved in. Hey, if you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And you know what? I missed this little fact point last week because we were so busy with the elections. We were so busy getting ready for our gala in Dallas, which was fantastic. And I'll talk a little bit about that on the show today that I failed to mention, even though I had discovered earlier in the week, last week's show was our 400th consecutive episode. So the Texas Values Report started in 2015. And so since that point in March, Of 2015, we have had a show every week. And last week was our 400th episode. So, you know, just another thing to celebrate as we're celebrating 10 years of Texas values this week. And we're excited about that. But we've got a great guest today. And I imagine if you're in the Central Texas area or if you follow law and policy and politics across the state of Texas, you might have heard about her. And if you haven't, stick around because you're gonna to want to. Caroline Harris is gonna be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. I guess I need to start calling her um representative elect Caroline Harris, because she was just recently elected to the Texas House um, here in the central Texas area. As a matter of fact, I can almost see the border of her district outside of the window for my house. That's how close I live to that district. Um, and so a lot of excitement about her winning. We'll get into some of those details in just a minute, but you might be familiar with her or you might have seen her face before because before working in becoming a candidate and getting elected, she worked for Senator Brian Hughes, one of the most well-known senators in the state of Texas. Representative-elect Harris, welcome to the Texas Values Report. But I, I we gotta, you got to unmute yourself, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes it does that on its own, I know. There All you right. go
1: the joys of technology (laughs) yes
0: the good and bad welcome Um,
1: thank you so much it's good to be on here
0: well look it's good to have you a part of it and you know you and i have seen each other quite often as i was mentioning since i live pretty close to the district and know a lot of people around this area you know we've done some work in round rock recently um, with our concerns regarding the school district but you know look the central texas area is growing and there's, you know, was a lot of excitement about your candidacy. As I mentioned, you worked for Senator Brian Hughes, who's a strong friend of Texas values. Matter of fact, he was at our gala Friday night in Dallas uh, with all of our work on the Texas heartbeat law, some of the work going on on implementing other pieces of legislation. So we've got to know each other over the years, but now here you are, right, stepping into, you know, uh, some bigger shoes into a bigger position, going from staff member, which you did a great job of. But now being the representative, um, you know, I'm sure it's quite the difference. I think you're up to the challenge, but but I think a lot of excitement around you winning. How does it feel? It's been a week.
1: Uh, it does not seem real yet. <laughs> I don't know when it kicks in, but um, I'm just so excited to have accomplished this. Um, and it's a team effort. You know, I had so much help. Um, I just feel like this was just a win for everybody that was on my team, everyone in the district, everyone who voted for me, and I'm just so excited about it.
0: Well, look, there's a lot to be excited about. Apparently, there's some national folks that are excited about it, too. There was an article in Fox News that came out this week, or maybe it was late last week, talking about you being the youngest woman Republican to be elected to the Texas House. And so, you know, that's nice to make history. You know, that's yeah. something good to celebrate, um, you know, and, and and not that that was necessarily your goal. OK, I'm going to run to become the youngest person. As a matter of fact, I didn't realize that either. Right. Sometimes we're in the middle of the campaign and then, you know, someone's doing they're looking for an angle of a story. But I do think it's noteworthy. Right. And there were numerous. Republican women that won elections for the Texas House, a couple of them brand new, right? Terry Leo Wilson, um, even though she served in elective office before, but now is going to be a Texas House member, a Republican woman. Ellen Troxclair in the Central Texas area, of course, Carrie Isaac, um, just south of the Central Texas area and, and close to us as well. But there's a lot of interest and excitement around that. But I got to see you work really hard firsthand And um, in your team as well. And so I think that creates some momentum moving forward. Um, You know, and and I uh, back up for just a second. Tell us a little bit about yourself, because my understanding you're from that area, you grew up in that area. So I'd love for our listening audience to get to know you a little bit better. Uh
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we moved to Round Rock when I was six in 1999. And so I grew up right by the Dell Diamond. And as a matter of fact, it had just been built. Um, And so as a kid, I remember going to some of the first baseball games there during that first season. So that's really fun. And then my dad started a church in Round Rock when I was seven. So he had a church there for almost 15 years. And so I really grew up. Involved in the community, invested in the community. And then um, I have, I've worked for Senator Brian Hughes for almost eight years. And that whole time, I've always lived in Round Rock, never moved to Austin. Um, all my family's there. I love that community. And so it is, it's a huge blessing to get to serve them. And uh, my educational background, my, my undergrad is in communications, I got that in 22 months. And then my master's degree is in public affairs. And I never planned on really being in politics when I was in college, but uh, Senator Hughes offered me the job right out of school. And as soon as I started working in the Capitol, I just fell in love with it. Um, The people, the process, I'm a huge Texas history nerd. And so I just absolutely loved it. And I never thought I would run for office. As a matter of fact, you know, when you work in the building, everyone asks you, are you planning on running? Are you going to do that one day? And, And I always tell people there's no way. I am so afraid of public speaking that I will never do that, (laughs) Uh, but you know, um, so often in our lives, the Lord has different plans, and so, you know, I was complaining a lot about my own state rep and some of the things that he had done, and Um, and the people around me just kind of encouraged me, well, what are you going to do? You know, you can do more. What are you going to do? And so I prayed about it, thought about it. Um, and I just really felt the Lord calling me to run and, you know, he didn't say, you know, you're going to win or anything like that, but I just felt that calling. And, uh, you know, as soon as I stepped into it, I just felt like I was doing what I was made to do. You know, I mean, the Lord just does that. He, um gives us the desires of our hearts. Sometimes we didn't even know they were there. And so it's been a huge blessing to get to do this. Um, I have gotten to just be an encouragement to people instead of just um being involved in politics. When I went door to door, I got to pray with people. Uh, my parents led people to the Lord going door to door. And so it was more than just politics. It was really how can we uplift people, especially these days when things are so difficult for some people. So it's been a huge blessing. I have I saved love what I'm getting to do. It's just too cool.
0: Well, look, it's good to hear that. And, you know, I think the capital could benefit from you know, a little bit more energy and optimism. And from a fresh perspective, if you will, you know, a younger perspective, I don't want to focus too much on the age thing to act like, you know, that's, um, you know, has to be an overriding principle and that, you know, older people or whatever are out of touch. But, you know, I do think And it doesn't mean that, you know, your values would be any different than, say, Senator Hughes or others, but it just means you might be have a connection point with people or they might identify with you a little bit better because they're like, you know, she's not that much older than me. Or she's from the community where I grew up in. There can be tremendous value to that. We're talking with Representative-elect Caroline Harris who is going to be sworn in very soon in January and represent Texas House District 52, which the district's a little bit different, right? You know, and, and I think that's fair to say. And, and you mentioned your the the person in that position before, uh, James Tallarico, who's no friend of Texas Values, okay? We, we've had some interaction with him and I think he's made it clear he doesn't really like the things that we stand for. He's not in that district anymore. They, you know, redistricting moved the lines a little bit. So he actually ran for a district close by. So, you know, whatever people think about it, he's coming back to the legislature, but that seat did flip from Democrat to Republican. And so, and and look, I, from my vantage point and what I know, while the district might've been a little bit more Republican friendly, it wasn't a slam dunk. It wasn't a foregone conclusion. And you yeah. started your work way back, right? It was a competitive <laughs> primary. And, and I think there's value to that. There were a lot of people that were like, hey, I want to run for this office. And so, you know, Speaking of getting some opportunities to, to for public speaking, I mean, you had quite a bit oh, even yeah. before we got to the general.
1: It's so true. And so, yeah, I was in a primary with three men. I, I announced to run for the seat uh, end of last July. So it's been um, almost a year and a half of working on it. And in the primary, yeah, there were a lot of good candidates. And so I really did have to be on my toes, prepare a lot, and just kind of get over that fear of public speaking. Now I still get nervous. It hasn't gone away completely, <laughs> but it really honed me and my skills and just how to communicate. And, um, and then I was in a runoff and I only won that by 108 votes. And that really came down to knocking on doors, talking to people face to face. You know, I heard all these stories later on of, Someone I had talked to at the door who then let their family know to go vote. And so um, I know that that victory was really due to grassroots campaign efforts, getting to the doors and just really uh, connecting with people where they were.
0: No, absolutely. We're talking with Representative-elect Caroline Harris from Texas House District 52. Fox News says she's the youngest Republican woman to ever serve into the Texas House. That'll bring some more history to the ceremony uh, in January. I'll look up and I think it's January 10th. I'm trying to figure out when the first day of the legislative session is. In full disclosure, our partner organization, Texas Values Action, that endorses candidates, did endorse Caroline Harris in the primary in the runoff and in the general election. And, um, you know, so I did get to see a lot of that. And I, as I mentioned, I spent some time personally um, involved in, in lending my own personal support. But I did get to see a lot of that. And I do think there was a lot of attention around that race because even though the lines changed, people were kind of still wondering, is this now going to move in a Republican direction? I think you did great work with Brian Hughes, but still, you had to create your own identity. You had to create your own following. And I think it was fair for you to also either take credit or, you know, allow people to see, yes. I was a part of supporting the Texas heartbeat law and I was a part of, you know, pushing back against efforts to have critical race theory and all the great things that came out of uh, Senator Hughes's office. And I and, and I saw you talk about that issue. I think one of the things I saw you talk about uh, quite often, your faith, but also your support of the of the life issue. And yeah. I think that has that's been an issue that young women have cared about more and more as, as we see seen time go on.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I'm I am so excited to be in this position and, you know, to fight to continue to protect life. And y'all know better than I do. You've been in this fight longer than I have. You know, the times are changing and, you know, our work isn't done, you know, even though Roe v. Wade, you know, there's just so many more things that we can do um, to protect life and then also just to support those women that are in those situations. Um, you know, when I was not going door to door, um, of course, you're never going to agree 100% with whoever you're talking to. And so my goal was always, you know, where do we find common ground? How can I connect with someone on what their concern is? And I found myself talking a lot about the Alternatives to Abortion program um, with who really didn't agree with me on the abortion issue. But were interested to know that Texas actually has this huge robust program to help women in crisis. And I really think that made a difference um, going door to door, getting the word out about that program. And it was, I just looked at it as, okay, this is a small way that I can continue to advance the cause, continue to get the word out about that program, but also just send the message that, you know, we care about that life. We care about that baby, but we also care about that mom. You know, it's not one or the other always both. And so that was that it was so exciting for me to get to that message out and uh, get to talk to women about that issue more.
0: It's an important message, too, because I don't think a lot of people are aware of that. Right. You, myself, Senator Hughes, a lot of us are out there talking about that. But the media tends to focus on the overturning of Roe versus Wade, which has been incredibly significant, probably one of the most important uh, Supreme Court decisions in my lifetime, if in the history of the court. And so but but a lot of talk about politically, a lot of talk about, you know, negative things um, suggesting that, you know, women are going to be in despair and they're going to be fleeing the state and acting as if that's all that some of us care about is protecting the baby in the womb. And we don't care about what happens afterwards. And there's just no truth to that because of some some of the great work we've been doing for many years Um your boss, right, your former boss, Senator Hughes, if I can if I can call him that um, <laughs> the gentleman that you worked for that served so great. But I mean, he led a lot of those efforts too, uh, in the Texas mm-hmm. Senate and even the House before. So I'm sure you got to look, see that up close, but as well as communicating about it. he was talking about that at our event, our gala. On Friday, and we need to do more of that. We've got a great website set up, texasheartbeatlaw.com, originally set up to educate people on the law, but we've now used it as a way to connect people with resources and to feature and highlight the alternatives to abortion program and how women can get resources for over 300 pregnancy care centers across the state of Texas. So, but look, you know, this is to get elected to, you know, I don't know if you want to say beat the odds, but your first time running, I mean, it's got to be exciting. And you worked in the Senate. Yeah. Now you're going to be on the other side of the Capitol in the house, but you've got your own office now, right? So yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and you'll get a chance to work with Senator Hughes, right? He'll be over there, oh, you know, yeah. leading, leading efforts and so on, but I'm sure there'll be some fun interaction.
1: Oh yeah. I'm so excited, you know, and And he has been the best mentor to me. Uh, I'll never forget when I first started working for him, I was only part time. And so, you know, I but I wanted to stick around all the time and see what happened on the floor. And there were a couple, you know, late nights where me, the chief of staff, you know, whoever was an intern that was still there, you know, two in the morning, Senator Hughes would come off the floor of the house and he'd say, "Okay, let's go get a burger. And so we'd all (laughs) sit down and talk about all the stories everything that happened that day and um you know he's just an incredible man and he's the Lord's used him in so many ways and so it's a huge blessing for me to have been um under his mentorship for so long and i have called him a lot already yeah <laughs> and asked for well, advice
0: he's I'm seen now, a lot
1: it's a- so, yes, he has. Yeah,
0: he's seen a lot. Absolutely. He does know how to carry a conversation. I will tell you, he was one of the last people to leave our gala Friday night, <laughs> and I, you know, and look, I know he's about to. We're about to not see him for a little while. He's getting married, and he's going to go yeah. on his honeymoon. And so, good for him. So maybe he was, you know, having a, a, a some, you know, um, a few more conversations left before you know he gets some time off and and so on. But I and it's not new though. And I appreciate it. I loved having them there. People want to talk to him and he's just carrying on great conversations. And I think it was, you know, getting close to 1130, maybe midnight. And I was going back to my hotel room and I was going to have this inside policy that if people are still there for the event, that at least somebody from our team should be around. And so I'm walking down the escalator and center and Hughes is like right behind me. So we were like the last ones to leave, but He's great, but I know you're going to, you know, not that you're going to be different than him, but you're going to have your own style. You're going to have your own presence and you're going to have your own constituents to communicate with. And so you've been able to spend a lot of time through the campaign season getting to know a lot of people. And I think that is nice how that can carry over Oh yeah. when the legislature starts. As a matter of fact, we start, I think it is January 10th. First day will be coming up. The ceremony is on the, you know, on the first day and the week will be a lot of fun. But you know, with with a lot of things going on, Roe v. Wade, you know, the midterms, all kinds of different things. um, You know, there's going to be some important things happen and some important votes that are going to be taken. And so um, we look forward to you being a part of it. But also, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how these things play out from your experience, but realizing you now get to cast that final vote, right? You get to press that button and be the one that is the voice for the people in your district.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, that is um, just a lot of responsibility. And it, it really makes me so grateful that I went to so many yeah. doors and talked to people. Well, I mean, I know I went to over 7,000 doors myself um, and talked to my constituents and just tried to figure out, okay, you know, I have the things I want to work on, but what is their top concern? Yeah. You know, that's what I asked. I'd knock on the door and say, hey, you know, I'm running for state representative. What is your top concern. And I would also add, you know, it doesn't have to be political because so many times people would say, oh, well, I'm not into politics. I don't know anything about it. And I'd say, no, it's okay. You can tell me about your neighbor's yard. If that's, you know, <laughs> like your <laughs> top right. does not matter. And so I had so many good conversations and I'm so grateful because I do, I feel like I know you know, what the district needs, um, what they want. And I'm, I tell everybody, you know, when I was going door to door to come see me at the Capitol to call me let me know what they think. So I'm, I'm excited. I think I've got a good feel for it, but I'm even more excited to have people come to the Capitol, call me, let me know what they think. Um, it's, it's exciting.
0: Well, look, and I think some for many of us, right, um, having that Christian background gives us some experience with a servant leadership. And that's, you know, really what a lot of people expect. You know, we see it that the Capitol, I think Senator Hughes has demonstrated and modeled that very well. And I'm sure so, that's something that you'll bring to the Texas Capitol as well. Well, we're excited to see as you start your time as the Texas House Representative for District 52 in the state of Texas. I know there'll be a little bit more attention around you, I'm sure um when we get to the formal ceremonies and swearing in day but we'll be getting to work soon our team will be looking forward to working with you and we're glad to have representative caroline harris as our guest today on the texas values report thanks for being on
1: thank you so much for all of y'all support and for having me on i appreciate it
0: you bet well great to catch her for a little bit because i know work's going to get busy I'm sure she's going to enjoy Thanksgiving, but uh, like ourselves, our team is already at the Capitol, we're already talking with people, and so it's great to have Representative Let Caroline Harris on for a few minutes. Look, there's some big news this week, okay, and it always happens this way, often, all right, and I didn't get a chance to remind y'all, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit the button to subscribe, share it on Facebook right now as we're live, yes, we are live, this isn't being recorded, um, well, it is being recorded, but this isn't a recording, um, right now it's not. It will be for people that watch it later. So I've just shared it on my Facebook page. Get into some groups. Hey, for all you people in House District 52 in the Round Rock area, Taylor, push that into the groups up there um, in Williamson County so they can see this great conversation that we just had with Caroline Harris. It might have been one of her first. I don't know if she'd been on any radio shows. Obviously, Fox News interviewed her. So youngest Republican woman to be elected to the Texas House, making history already. And she hasn't even stepped in the Texas Capitol. But last yesterday, I'm sorry, the U.S. Senate voted to move a bill forward that puts same sex marriage into federal law also is going to be a direct challenge and in direct conflict with a lot of religious freedom laws. And that's what what they're trying to do with we're calling the Disrespect for Marriage Act. This is a robust piece of legislation that's not just about allowing for same sex marriage in our country because we know that the Supreme Court has already spoken on that issue, and you're really not seeing anything that is getting in the way of people doing that. So this is about making it um, you know, final, if you will, not final, but that they have it in law because they think some people think, oh, the Supreme Court might change later. But it also is a desperate vote. You've got a Senate race that's still unfolding. You've got a runoff in Georgia. You've got a lot of questions about whether or not votes were counted. There is a lot of concern and a lot of confusion and a lot of uncertainty. So in walks Chuck Schumer, we're going to force this to a vote. And and there probably was expectation that it might be close but some surprise that this actually passed because you need 60 votes to sort of clear a filibuster threshold what they call a cloture vote to then signal okay we can bring this up for discussion and then you only need a simple majority after that and so they got 62 votes why is that because 11 republicans voted in favor of this very dangerous piece of legislation this will create a national policy that says you know same-sex marriage is the law, it is the policy, and if you don't agree with it, you can be subject to punishment. I I firmly believe if this does end up getting passed and and getting signed into law, you're going to see it used as a weapon against people of faith because they refuse to put religious freedom protections into this piece of legislation that respects the fact that Christians and people of other um, religious entities and beliefs firmly believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. I mean, it's clearly in the Bible on this. And so, um, but but this is what some of the folks that push these things, they don't like that. They want to stamp that out. They don't want anyone to believe this way. And one way that they want to make sure you don't, or even say it publicly, is to punish you. You know, make it hard for you to get a job, make it hard for you to keep your church open, make it hard for you to maybe apply for government grants and contracts and some of these things. I firmly believe that Christian Schools need to take this threat seriously, that they're going to find themselves in a position where they're going to lose or have their tax-exempt status threatened that are Christian-based because of their beliefs on the issues of marriage. We've already seen lawsuits like this play out, where churches and medical entities and others have been sued because, or, or people have brought lawsuits because they're making decisions based on those religious beliefs. We had to pass a law in the state of Texas in 2015 to make it clear that you couldn't force churches to perform same-sex marriages because there was that legitimate concern. And now if they're going to do this at the federal level, it's just going to bring all that up again. It's going to fan those flames and create more tension and division and, and some legitimate concern. I mean, we look, the cake bakers, the florists, all these different people, uh, adoption and foster care agencies that have had to pass laws because they simply want to operate based on biblical principles and people don't want them to do that. And they want them to punish, be punished if they don't this is not over. Okay. There's still a couple of procedural votes. And so if you live in some of these other states where they voted this way, let's see if I can pull this up again. Joni Ernst in Iowa, I think people were surprised that she voted this way. If I can pull up the list um, uh, from some of the the members, also uh, Senator uh, Loomis Capito. Let me look at my list in just a second here. Um, And, you know, so there's still time, but here's the thing. Call Senator Cruz. Call Senator Cornyn. Thank them for standing strong. Call Chip Roy. Okay. He's on the other side. He's in Congress in the House, but he's been lending his voice to this, even though he doesn't vote in the Senate. Um, he's been communicating that we need to stand up on this issue and we need to take serious the threat of religious freedom. Uh, hey, just a couple of things too, before I forget, let me see I'm trying to pull up this list of the members this is uh Senator Blunt in Missouri Burr in North Carolina Capito in West Virginia Collins in Maine Loomis in West uh, excuse me in Wyoming Murkowski in Alaska um Romney forget about that but Ernst in Iowa and possibly young um in Indiana those are some Senators that might change their vote and we might still have another vote on this where there's time but the reason to thank Cornyn and Cruz is because they've been up. They've been getting a lot of attention, and they need to know that you've got their back, and that will give them some more strength moving forward. If you see value in our work, I'm almost out of time. Txvalues.org. We're at the State Board of Education this week trying to in- implement Senator Hughes' um, Senate Bill 3 to make sure critical race theory, CRT, is not taught in our public schools. That's an ongoing fight we've been involved in and we're having some success with. Um, We're going to have some great events coming up in Houston on December 12th, in San Antonio on December 5th. Look at our um, website. And as we get close to the end of the year, we need your financial support. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can donate at txvalues.org and help us protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.